So hello and welcome to another episode of the Turn 5 podcast. Uh, this week in its Turn 4 derivative, again, lacking Chris, as he's, I believe, on his way back from some UEFA tournament because he was stewarding, because he's special like that. Um, it, for those on audio, it is I, Richard. I'm just ill. Apologies. I'm going to sound croaky this week. I'm hoping to be better by next week. Uh, so this week I'll be joined by the rest of the crew being Alex, Ben and Nia uh, to try and go through what was the wet but not wet but also not dry enough Grand Prix that was Turkey. So Alex, your rough thoughts on this race? Yeah, it, it was like one of those, you know, on the F1 game when it just like, it's light rain the entire race. <laughs> I mean, normally have a go code passes for it, but it actually happened. Yeah. Um, it was a weird one because it didn't actually rain all race, did it? No, it uh, was just a really know. high humidity. I think they said yeah, it was like seems, 94%. Yeah, it seems to be, you know, we always used to joke about how it was always forecast to rain and it never did. Now we seem to be getting rain every single race. Yeah, it's, it's, don't expect it. it's gone too far. <laughs> yeah, and it would have been, I think it's safe to say it would have been better if it dried out. You know, it, um, it just got to the point where I mean, it was almost like just a normal race, wasn't it? In terms of the tyres, you know, a one-stop strategy. Apart from there was no different compounds of tyre, and you know, the only bit, did a no-stop. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it was more of can they go to the end rather than when will they pit? But um, yeah, I guess it added an extra element to it. But it could have been, you know, for a wet race, it was quite underwhelming, wasn't it? Hmm. Ben. Um, yeah, it wasn't the greatest race we've had this year, <laughs> which is which is tough considering this year's been in immense. Yeah. But like going into race, you see in it like wet, you think it's gonna dry up, it's gonna be a banger, and it fell kind of flat because yeah. it either needed to get like rain more to go full wet or just dry out and go dry. That's the thing. When when we say we want rain, what we really mean is we want changeable conditions. Yeah. Like it's all well and good having a, a full wet race, but even when within a full wet race, you've got different like rain intensities. Parts of the circuit will be drying out while others aren't. And you know, that kind of thing. It, it'll be it'll turn into the question of do you risk the inters? Do you stay on the full wets? Or in this case, what we'd hoped for was everyone started on the inters. At what stage do you try the the dry tire? But because of the the humidity and the cold temperatures and the general cloud cover, it just never dried out. So Seb gambled, and um, safe to say he lost big time. Um, was intrigued that they chose the mediums to go on to. Would have thought you'd have wanted to go onto the softs. Um, but to be honest, uh, wouldn't have thought that, you know, dry tyres was the way to go, given that everyone else was still going quite happily on inters. Um, Nia, what was your view of the highlights? Um, from the highlights, I gathered it was like, apart from a few um, medium-ish level things that happened, wasn't that exciting. Mm. I think in, in the grand scheme of things, we've 
been we would we, normally you know we set our expectations and then a race will either over or under deliver um and this year the races have consistently over delivered to the point that our expectations have now been raised so that what probably would have been quite an interesting race had it happened two years ago was now just kind of meh like when you look at the race as a whole you've got the interesting tire strategy Ocon deciding to go balls to the wall and just not make a pit stop which was the first time that's been done in 24 years um and then you've got Charles thinking oh can I go to the end can I not and then deciding to pit you've got Lewis thinking he can go to the end trying to override the team and then the team realizing that you know you're done goofed um and then damage limitation at that point um and you know there were fights throughout the field you had Carlos coming from the back making overtakes with reasonable regularity in the first half of the race but then you look back at other races we've had this season and it's not exactly one you'd you'd choose to go and rewatch if you think oh yeah let's go and watch a race from 2021 season oh i know turkey was great no no it's not it's not a great race it was an okay race it wasn't bad like it wasn't monaco actually that's a point i want to like praise the tv directorship because they were actually on it with the overtaking stuff i obviously in the first couple of laps it was all a bit chaotic because everyone was making moves but then when it sort of settled into like you got into like lap five six seven um you had like lewis trying to make a move down the inside of turn one on yuki and then as soon as they realized that wasn't going to go they quickly cut to another move that was happening and was successful so we did see quite a lot of the overtakes live we still saw you know replays of everything because replays but it it's it was much better TV directorship than other races we've had this year. Mm. Makes a change, doesn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like an awful race. It's just like you said. I think we set our expectations high, don't we? For... Yeah. The the thing is, it, like, we all came into this thinking, "Oh, yeah. it's Turkey." We remember what happened last year with the the slick intermediates or the whatever you want to call them, the bald intermediates. Yeah. Um, and the very, very slippy track surface, which they've actually managed to rectify, it seems. Um, but they've, they've, in a way, sort of gone too far the other way, and now it's too grippy, <laughs> because yeah, they I were mean, able to cope with it, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, it was. I think that can happen sometimes when it's wet. The field gets strung out, doesn't it, a little bit? Yeah. And obviously that usually gets made up for by the, by the fact it's some kind of chaos happens seems to me that we never get a safety car at turkey not no it's weird like, isn't well, it? no one ever retires like we have yeah we, like we had a full year, full quota complete. yeah last uh, year i think there was like one and it wasn't a crash so you know it's weird isn't it it's it's one of those especially you know when you go to a, a a race where you have changeable conditions where it's rained and it stopped raining like, like hungary earlier in the year there was a clear dry line that formed um, and obviously that was, you know, the way to go because that was the dry bit, but it, Turkey never, like there, there wasn't a dry line. It was just a drier line. And 
that meant, you know, they kept the temperature in their intermediates so that they could use them like slicks um, without actually having to take the gamble and put on pure slicks. So, it, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting one from just like a track surface point of view, just because with all the cars going around and the heat that those the cars generate, you, normally you see a dry line form pretty quick, but it just never seemed to come. I think that's kind of why the race settled into a bit of a meh. Uh, if you if you had that moment where say say Seb's gamble worked, he put on the mediums and he was like three seconds of that quicker, suddenly everyone's scrambling to react to that. And you've just got absolute carnage. And but then you've got someone who's on mediums, tries to stick a move up the inside of turn 12 but they're now off the dry line, lose all the temperature in those nice mediums. And, you know, it's it becomes a bit of a to and fro of that sort of stuff. But we just never, we never got that because it, it didn't dry out enough. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a frustrating one, wasn't it? But uh, qualifying, we normally do qualifying, don't we? Yeah, we normally walk through everything, but I mean, free practice was yeah. meh. Um, nothing really happened. It was just kind of like the the highlight of the, that was FP one where Red Bull unveiled the 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 one off livery for the first time, and they didn't get the uh, the curse of the livery change today. No, no, we've pro- they seem to have proven that that's a uh, yeah. a, a, a Mercedes thing. FP three, Pierre got P one. Yeah, wet, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was the wet conditions, and we know he likes that. So, you know, there are certain drivers that obviously go well in the wet. Um, like Hamilton's always gone well in the wet, hasn't he? But you know, that's because he's British, and it's always bloody raining here. So, if you can't go well in the wet, when can you go well? Because, uh, like, I mean, Lando Norris, go back to Spa. He was quickest in the wet in Q one and Q two. Yeah, George so. Russell. Exactly. Second and third. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, and then we moved on to Quali, and that was interesting-ish. It was the sort of, it was that crossover point between inters and dries, mm. um, which resulted in Danny Rick being knocked out in Q1, Mick making it through to Q2 and securing his highest ever qualifying finish. Which means he's tanked my fantasy score. Yeah, no, that was very impressive. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a that was a great drive from him. Mm. Um, and then Hamilton getting pole, quote unquote, but not actually getting the award because he was taking his engine penalty, so he would start P eleven, and Bottas was on pole. Mm. I mean, they had this in the press conference. They had that. Yeah, discussion, didn't they, the three of them? And I agree. I think it's happened a few times this season, hasn't it? Whether it's the sprints or engine penalties or the clerk not starting the race in Monaco. It's happened a few times, isn't it, where pole hasn't actually, or the fastest driver hasn't started on pole, yeah. I I kind of think they need to change, like, the the wording of it, because I know pole position is the first position in the grid, on the start grid. But, like, I feel like, qualifying p1 just because you've got an engine penalty mm. doesn't mean you weren't pole you know so 
because at the end of the day, that's now affecting the stats. Because even though Lewis qualified faster than everyone else, it won't count towards his pole position count. Yeah. I, think, well, um, I mean, he's got enough already, but you know. I think pole position and starting P1 should technically be different things. Because obviously, like, Lewis should have got pole position, but then he has the engine penalty. So I think they should be classified as different things because Lewis was fastest. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Pole, pole, pole position in the official wording of it is whoever starts P1 on the starting grid, like the final starting grid. Yeah. Um, so because you have. Should be different things yeah. We, we just need another term for whoever qualifies p1 so yeah, um i saw i saw someone say hamilton's qualified fastest three times since he'd last actually got a pole position because he obviously obviously turkey then there was the monza sprint wasn't there he was mm. the fastest quali- actually was he but yeah he was wasn't he was he speed king or was that bottas no, was that bottas that was bottas yeah. Yeah. it was bottas. Yeah, bottas okay yeah and then Silverstone, he was the fastest qualifier, wasn't he? But then got overtaken in the sprint. Yeah. So. And then, yeah, and then Bottas got pole position in Monza, didn't he? But then took the penalty anyway. <laughs> and then there was Monaco, which was the other one. Yeah. So it's all a bit... I don't know, it seems to me at the moment that Mercedes have had the pace over Red Bull like, more often than we think. You know, we keep talking about Red Bull's been the fastest car, which it has over the course of the year. Mm. But since, sort of since the summer break, Mercedes have probably had the pace more often than we think. It's just something always seems to stop them getting, you know, that perfect one-two weekend. Because, I mean, Spa, they in the dry, you'd have thought Spa would be a Mercedes track. Mm. Zandvoort, ironically, was the only one where Rebel were probably quicker. <laughs> and that was the only kind of, like, normal race we've had. Yeah, that's kind of what we expected, then, though, going into Zandvoort. Yeah. And Monza, the sprint, obviously messed it all up. And the, and then the engine penalty and the crash. Yeah. And then Russia, obviously, uh, yeah, Bottas had another penalty, didn't he? And then the rain kind of changed it all up again. And then, again, Turkey, the engine penalty. And then the rain. It just, it seems to me that, like, they need, it's, it's getting to the point now, Mercedes need a perfect weekend. And I think... It, and I mean, it's swung so many times now, hasn't it? But at the moment, Mercedes have the edge and they have to, you know, we've got Cota next. I think they, that's a must win because then we've got Mexico, which is a Red Bull track. We've still got to go to Brazil, which has been a Red Bull track the last few years. We've been there. And Abu Dhabi, the staff won comfortably last year. Well, yeah, but you can argue last year that Mercedes had turned everything down because they'd already won everything. Um Brazil has always been quite close. I know Red Bull have gone well there, but Mercedes have definitely not been slouches there either. Mm. Um, but we've also got the two complete unknowns of Qatar and Cheddar. Yeah. I just so. think it's such a weird complex. Well, we've had what? How many championships? I think someone said it's been six changes of lead now this season or something. Mm. It's been like in the last six races, the gap hasn't like, exceeded eight points. Yeah. And it's like Red Bull have probably been the quickest. Verstappen's been unbelievably consistent. But yeah, Mercedes should really, Hamilton should be leading it. Just the way everything's played out. But then something always seems to intervene on the races where Mercedes are quicker. That's Well, I mean, we've had things that have intervened on races where Red Bull were quicker. Think back to yeah. Baku and Verstappen's tyre blowout. 
Yeah. That, that should have been 25, if not 26, very easy points for him. Instead, he walked away from that with none, but luckily for him, so did Hamilton. So, you know, it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird one. Like, I can't work out who deserves to win it, to be honest. <laughs> it, I think it's going to come down to the, the teams, really, the strategy choices they make. Well, like, I think... Well, let's, let's move on to it. Hamilton's strategy. I think he got it wrong. I think he was wrong to, to try and override the team, especially after last week when, you know, he tried and then the team insisted and then he won. Like, you know, come on. Yeah, he got it right last week. And then, and then you come into this week and you've got the, the, the team obviously saying that the new intermediates are the way to go. They are working but you need to put them on long enough that they will work because you look at how slow Ocon was towards the end of the race, because he was just trying to eke everything out of those tires. So, and and then you, you, Hamilton just side of ended up in this sort of no man's land in the middle that he'd, he was able to go faster for a couple of laps after he put his fresh inters on, but then he went through the graining phase and wasn't able to keep up anymore. Whereas if he'd put them on earlier, he'd have been able to go through that craning phase and come out the other side and then resume his normal pace. I just think, well, I mean, there's two, there's two like parts that's in there. There's the first bit where Hamilton didn't pit, and then there's the actual decision to pit in the end. Yeah, I think if you've overridden the team at that point to not pit, you've just got to stick it out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first part is a bit more contentious. You know, I just think. We've we've gone on about yeah, Mercedes strategic problems, haven't we, this season? But this this for me is Hamilton. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, like to I think, think about think, the amount of data, him. the amount of data that the teams have compared to what the drivers have. Like, I know in the wet, it's it's a lot about how how the car feels. But when the teams say, "Look, people are on new inters and they are going faster and more consistently faster," you need to you need to go in. You need to cover that off, especially when Red Bull pit Perez. Like that was that was sort of it at that point. Once Red Bull pit Perez, and then Hamilton didn't. That was kind of job done. Yeah, well, if they're going to do it, I think they had to do it before Perez, really. But hmm. well, it depends if the overcut or the undercut was going to work for. Them. I think I think it's just Hamilton's lost trust in. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think there's just been so many errors this season. Yeah, but he's lost trust in them and. Ultimately, with the actual decision to pit, he was right. You know, they shouldn't have come in. He could have, okay, Perez might have got him, but he'd have been fourth. I mean, I, I understand, you know, the whole thing Toto said in the week, didn't he? A DNF would kill the championship. Yeah. He might have had a puncture. But yeah. So it's just, you, you look it at the how absolute worst time. Yeah, you look yeah. at how bold Ocon's tyre was. He'd gone through all of it and he was on the inner surface of it. Uh, it a couple more laps and that probably would have punctured. I mean, in the end, they did it because he um, he would have lost the pit window to Gasly. That was why they. So the the, in the, end, but... the thing is, it's it's yeah. the decision of do you take the pit stop and take a guaranteed ten points, or do you risk not pitting for potentially twelve with a chance of zero. It's just been a mess all season, to be honest. I think, apart from you know Spain and Russia, the exceptions. Yeah. And 
I just think it's, it's kind of reminding me of Ferrari from a couple of years ago, you know, the whole memes with the clowns on the pit wall. It's reminding me a lot of that. And if this is what I mean when I say, you know, Red Bull have probably been the quickest, but Mercedes should be in the lead, the way things have played out. And I mean, they've only got themselves to blame if they don't win it this year. Uh, I think they're there for the taking. With them. Uh, I think this season's proved that as a team, when the pressure's put on them, they will crack. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's let's be honest, it's, it's a super team, isn't it? And we maybe we're criticising them because the standards we expect are so high. But I mean, when you win seven yeah. doubles in a row, then you kind of set the bar for yourself, don't you? Yeah. And maybe it's because we don't expect you know, them to slip up, but they have done this season on so many occasions. It's, it's, it's just, uncharacteristic. Yeah. I mean, once you've committed, you don't pit with seven laps to go onto, onto tyres that are clearly going to then green. I mean, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, but I, that's why I was saying they just need, you know, they they had the pace, and and if that had been a dry race where it it hadn't been, you know, hadn't taken an engine penalty, then probably had a one two, wouldn't they? Pretty comfortably. Yeah. And to to be fair, you know, Bottas <laughs> probably didn't get the credit he deserved because that was that was a Hamilton esque drive, I'd say. The the podium celebrations where the camera cuts to the Mercedes crew and Toto's not clapping and then suddenly starts clapping because he realizes the camera's on him. Yikes! Yeah, not ideal. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll let's let's touch on Bottas because he had a stellar weekend. Uh, it's literally the polar opposite of last year at the same circuit. Man couldn't keep the car in a straight line last year. Did more spins than Mazepin. Um, <laughs> And yet now he's smashed on pole, led pretty much every lap. Like I know he was after he'd done his pit stop, and it was basically just waiting for Charles to inevitably have to pit. But you know, he, he was always in net P1, quote unquote, um, and was comfortably ahead of Verstappen. And Verstappen never looked like he was gonna challenge that. Mm. And oh, really? to do it on porridge day of all days what what a what a coincidence <laughs> i mean to be honest i really thought that when i saw it was going to be a you know, wet race i thought um i thought you know the mercedes tire warm-up verstappen's pace in the wet Bottas struggles last year in the wet i really thought, you know, struggles this year in the wet uh, yeah i mean i thought he'd I, I thought Verstappen would run away with it and Bottas would fall down the field, to be honest. Mm. But he literally, like I said, it was a Hamilton-esque drive, I'd say. Got a, got a good start. And then, I mean, that's, that's Max Verstappen in a Red Bull in the wet behind him. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not easy to do. And he no, exactly. absolutely had him in his pocket for the entire race. I mean, when it comes to the wet, obviously the, the last uh, really wet one we had was Hungary and uh, Bottas didn't do so hot there. But... In terms of, I don't think anyone got an exceptional start. I think it was just a case of Bottas got a, a slightly better start than everyone behind him. There was there was no one that surged forwards like three, four places before the first corner, which you can see in the wet. Uh, like Norris did it at Hungary and then, you know, promptly got wiped out. But uh, Dems to breaks. Uh, but, you know, it was... I mean, I suppose Checo had quite a good start because he managed to get up the inside of Gasly. Um, but that that actually leads us quite nicely onto the 
controversial incident of the race, and that's the <clears throat> stewards again. So <clears throat> we all know that the stewards love to just say, ah, it's lap one, it's fine. Well, <laughs> not today. So we had uh, Perez dive up the inside of Gasly. Gasly, who had Alonso trying to go around the outside, and Gasly taps Alonso's rear, sends him spinning. But he had pretty much nowhere to go because he had Perez on one side and Alonso on the other. And the track narrows at that point. So, and then a couple laps later, we get a replay of Alonso spearing into the back of Mick Schumacher. And they both warranted the same penalty, apparently. Whereas for me, Gasly is not predominantly at fault or wholly at fault, as he was deemed in the steward's document and was given a five-second time penalty and two penalty points. <coughs> Bottas was given two penalty points for Hungary. Um, but for me, Alonso's penalty was very much justified because that was, you hit him, you caused the collision, you ruined his race. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter if you've been spun already. Don't give you a right to go and do that to someone else. Um, yeah the, the consistency the isn't there one, is it i mean for a start like you were saying like the track narrows three wide you're it's in the wet. middle of a three wide in the wet it, and they're at the, they're at the front of the grid so they've been there the longest so their tires and brakes have cooled down like come on where's the where's the common sense gone it's to another this it's another basing it off the the outcome isn't it we've, i mean we've said this before it's Alonso said, Alonso, of all people, by the way, said after the race, it wasn't a penalty. Well, it was harsh. That's what you... <laughs> Even if he called Gasly stupid in the car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's probably because like. he couldn't see Perez down Gasly's inside at that point. So you think about the know, limited... react on the radio. I mean... Yeah, everyone reacts on the radio. of people, double standards with Hamilton, wasn't it? But that's another, that's another matter. Yeah. Well, but, um, again, but, I yeah, think that's a... A standards of conduct thing you know you get used oh, yeah. to the people being some way and then when they're not it's a bit more of a shock to the system but yeah I just, it was another just strange decision really by people it makes you think they don't really have an understanding of racing no exactly if they're giving penalties like that and like you said two penalty points is the same as what boss has got hungary which was when he wiped what four cars out of the race he caused a red flag Wiped out himself, both, well, pretty much annihilated both Red Bulls, took out Norris, took out Charles. Well, okay, okay, Lance took out Charles, but, you know, that was a reaction to what was going on in front as well as anything. But, yeah, I mean, yeah it was a bit... he, he caused carnage and he gets two penalty points. Gasly accidentally taps someone because he has no other option and gets two penalty points. Like, mm. come on. It just needs reworking. Yeah. Like that's not, in my opinion, that's not dangerous driving. That's just driving. It's just lap one. It's racing. He had, he had nowhere to go because he has turned in and he's essentially, he's just slightly understeered into Alonso. But, you know, he's got Paris down the inside. It's not like he can just try and cut right across, try and tighten the corner up. It's 
it's a limited options and that was like probably the the least worst thing he could have done in a way i imagine if he tried to imagine if he'd like then stepped on the brakes harder to turn into the corner then clipped perez and then whoever's behind him has then rear-ended him and you've got like a, a five six car pile up at turn one hmm. instead of just alonso being spun yeah you know, i yeah i think it's harsh saying hmm. It's just the stewards need to, um, well, as my parents would say, screw their heads on and actually apply some common sense. There has um, to be like a, a set of stewards who are there every single race and not switch around every race mm. because it's just... Um, I, I mean, it's all like, I mean, the, the, the Premier League have obviously a pool of referees. And they're all rubbish as well, but... Yeah, 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 that's 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 besides the point. You know, they're all yeah. to the same standard, um, but very low standards. But that's that's they have they have to have a pool because they have so many fixtures that occur at the same time. Formula One doesn't have that issue. There is one race. Why can't we have a fixed set of stewards that? Make the decisions, make the 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 updates to the rule book, so that we can clarify things and update things easier. Um, it's it doesn't make sense to me that we need to have a consistent, consistently rotating cast of of people in that office. I mean, we in terms of the driver stewards, I think we've said this before. We need someone who just understands racing. Like it's it's not much to ask, and I think we. A few weeks ago, we made our own stewards panel, didn't we? It was, was it Rosberg Button and someone else? I can't remember who. Oh, I made an image. Where was it? I think oh. it was a little bit British bias, wasn't it? So it was probably, was it David Hill or someone? Was it? I can't, oh, remember. I can't remember. I put it over the, um, I put their faces on like. Oh, no, the... it was Jodian Palmer. That was Jodian Palmer, yeah. It was Jodian Palmer. I mean, he would be the perfect driver steward on his own. Exactly. He always seems to. Have... <laughs> Well, in my opinion, at least. His extended breakdowns. So he, he does so much extended breakdown. It's kind of like, well, if he can do that and release it on F1's YouTube channel the next day, why can't we just have him in the office and say, it's that, done. Yeah, exactly. Move on. So, yeah, it's, to, to me, it's just, it's annoying that we have to have conversations like this uh, and we always have to have the conversation of the stewards being at the track and therefore being semi-influenced by the fact that they're at a certain venue that we saw at Monza with Charles Leclerc and his black and white flag that because Ocon did it this year was a five-second time penalty. Um, I, I'm adamant that we need a remote centre like they have for the broadcasts just for the stewards it's not that hard they don't they don't need to be they don't all need to be there don't get me wrong some of them do because they do you know the 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 strip downs of the cars the the parts checking and all that sort of stuff but the actual ones that are making the decisions within the race itself they don't need to be at the circuit Mm. the technical delegates yes perfectly understandable because you can't dissect a car over zoom but when you're all you're doing is watching replays and if you've called someone to the steward's office, you can just have a, a room with a laptop in it that's on zoom. It's not the end of the world, is it? 
So for all the many millions of pounds we spend in this sport, the fact that we can't build a, 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 a small office building, hell, it could be attached to the broadcast centre. It could be there. And then they just have a live feed wired straight to them. So half of the personnel, at like one of the at the teams, are back at their like HQ. Exactly. So like, why can't the stewards do the same? Because yeah. All the guys that work overnight yeah. on the simulator and the strategies and all that sort half of stuff. The strategy crew are back at the base. Yeah. At you hear all the time. You hear all the, the the Mercedes guys have been back to Brackley, and you know the the McLaren guys have heard from MTC overnight and all that sort of stuff, you know, Red Bull and Milton Keynes and all that. It's just, why can't we just have a steward's office that's just mm. not on site and therefore can't be influenced? Yeah, it makes you think as well, especially especially when we first came back in 2020 from COVID, you know, a lot less people. It would have made sense. A yeah. lot less people in the paddock, weren't they? Why were these people there that don't need if, to be? Yeah, if, you, if you really whittled it down, they are non-essential to be yeah. on site like it's all well and good being around but if you're not needed on site to actually do stuff there and then at the time you can do it you can do it remotely as boris would say work from home <laughs> listen to what he says no i don't <laughs> i've i've not listen to him for a while now let's be honest um right uh, enough politics um, <laughs> i can't stand this stuff oh, one minute of the politics mate one second of politics is too much it's all a load of beep uh, <laughs> so who have we covered we've covered bottas we've covered hamilton verstappen had a very meh drive it was just p2 that was it done what we had to do i mean yeah exactly back in the lead again yeah he didn't didn't take any risks yeah. and got the mediocre reward that came with that. Mm. It was a mature drive, which is something you might say Verstappen has, you know, through this championship battle has developed. Mm. Being able to just put it home. In a way, this 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 was the weekend of the uh the, the second seat drivers, wasn't it? Yeah. Because Bottas has definitely done his part because he's essentially taken four points off Verstappen there, including fastest lap, um, where where Hamilton was always going to take his penalty. So, you know, Bottas did what he had to do for the, the constructors. And equally, Perez has done what he had to do, has pushed Hamilton back another place and scored 15 points for Red Bull. So, it's yeah, it's been a good weekend for, for number twos. Um, but equally, it's not been... A terrible weekend for either of the the championship contenders, has it? Yeah, I mean, well, the Perez had a brilliant race, considering he'd been outscored by George Russell. I think that's right. Since what was it, Hungary? Probably, yeah. Well, he was one of the casualties of the Bottas yeah. bowling pin. Yeah, on a silver he didn't score either. So I don't know, it was something like that. But yeah, I mean, and that fight with Hamilton, I mean, that was. That was Fair amazing. Play, you know. That was he went around the pit bollard and everything. Yeah, the, oh, the people online always oh, he's, he's gone past the pit bollard. That's oh, yeah. a penalty. No, he's been forced. What do you expect him yeah. to do? I wouldn't be surprised if the stewards did 
give him the five second penalty though. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't have surprised me. No, it wouldn't, but no, it was... there would have been outrage. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't possibly have gone into the pits at that speed. No, exactly. And, yeah. and then... the only thing he, like, the only other thing he could have done was hit the bollard. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. he's taken the sensible option. And the breaking to turn one as well. I mean, Hamilton got the. I mean, by the way, it was very noticeable the when they were literally side by side, how much quicker the Mercedes was, like in a straight line. Even considering so that, the size of the rear wing that Hamilton yeah. was running, that was what got me. He was running a huge rear wing, but was still quicker than the Red Bulls. Mm. But then, I mean, fair play to Perez. Oh, yeah. I think that's maybe something Albon, we wouldn't have seen that from him. That's where, right. that's where you know, the he would have been in the gravel like track. Which yeah, had a collide, wouldn't they? <laughs> no, he, yeah. he he might have hit the pit bollard. <laughs> that's but. that's the thing as well. A lot of people said if that was Hamilton and Verstappen, that probably would have ended in a crash. But if that's maybe you never know. But then again, you know, you look at the start. If Hamilton was on pole, would Verstappen have maybe had a look down the inside? Well, it's all hypothetical. You know, exactly. Yeah, would have been a different grid slot. Never know how much of a good start he would have got. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. don't know. I mean, the race was, don't get me wrong, it wasn't bad. It just, by the standards of 2021, was not average or better. Yeah. We've had so many good races this year that it's, raised the bar to world record pole vault heights. And I mean, as long as it, as long as the championship battle stays close all the way to the wire, it will be one of the great seasons in my opinion. Uh, Yeah. The fact that I I think someone said the gap between the two hasn't been above eight points since Silverstone. Is that right? Yeah, it's like eight points in the last six rounds, which is ridiculous. The prospect of it being, you know, a single-figure gap going to Abu Dhabi is incredible to think about, by the way. And we're getting towards that point now, you know. I mean, we're getting to the point where, like Toto said, one DNF, and that's it. And it would be a shame shame if, say, you know, Cota, Verstappen gets taken out or something and Hamilton wins, and then Mexico, you know, something else happens that it's just unfortunate for him and yeah. that's that but yeah I mean the prospect of it going right to the wire is just I mean yeah it's some, a situation like we haven't been in for a while watering yeah I just hope it doesn't end in a collision between the two and Abu Dhabi, no, exactly. but <laughs> it just it's just a thought of say say it was Abu Dhabi now and it's what six points you know it could literally come down to who gets the fastest lap in the last like it might be the case of Mercedes have to try and use Bottas to stop the staff and getting a fastest lap. Valtteri, it's down. James. Please go faster. Or like, yeah, like slow him down or something. Stop Please him. don't abort this fastest yeah. lap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be unbelievable. Like, I mean, yeah. It's, end up, but... I mean, there's one way we can almost guarantee it goes down to the wire. And that's good old Bernie's double points at Yas Marina. Yeah. I mean, it would work. <laughs> no, um, it, it would just completely ruin the point, to be honest. Um, but no, the fact that we're now six races from the end of the season, uh, we're, we're mid-October, 
and the, the gap is six points. This is not a situation uh, uh, we've we've been in as a sport for a while. Uh, consider, like, think 12 months ago, we were at Turkey and Hamilton sealed the championship there. So actually, it wasn't 12, it was, was it 12? Yeah, it, was, it was about that. Yeah. So it was with four races to go, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. and, and he, he'd sealed the championship at that point. Yeah, um, that would have meant he was over hundred points clear. Yeah. I think he I can't remember what he won it by, but it must have been along those lines. Yeah. I think he did miss the race, didn't he? But yeah. But so. now the fact that we're we're in a, a position where if someone finishes first and the other finishes fourth, the lead swaps. Is, is brilliant, in my opinion. Going back, Lewis won the championship by, I think, 124 points. Really? That's with, that much. And that's with a race if missing. Math, if my maths are right. <laughs> yeah. Someone in the comments roast you for that. <laughs> Do we want to go through predictions now? Or is that... Ferrari McLaren? Oh, yeah. Mm. I was going to say, is there anything, any, any other teams you want yeah, to say? I mean, well, I think it's like, it's interesting. Like, McLaren didn't have the best weekend today. No, I think it's fair and to then, say that they had a pretty terrible weekend in one yeah, half of the garage. But it's interesting. Like, obviously, they won in Monza. It could have been two, very easy, could have been two wins in a row. And it, well, it's not as if they were quicker than Mercedes and Red Bull, but they had the pace to win. And yeah. they, well, they did win once. Very and easy, the, one in Russia. It, it was a very and situational then, thing. It was they were in the right place and they had a car that was yeah. good enough to have done yeah. the job. And now, you know, they were struggling that down in what seventh and well, Ricardo didn't get up P1, did he? That shows how close it is this year. Yeah, well, I mean, and then McLaren took the the option to uh give Danny an engine penalty. Mm-hmm. So he started from behind signs. Yeah, of course, because um, science came through so quickly, didn't they? And Ricardo just never did. Yeah. yeah, we were seeing we were seeing lap after lap. Yeah. I think it was down into turn twelve. Yeah, because the 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 sort of the the kink in the straight is eleven. So mm-hmm. down into the heavy braking of twelve, it seemed to be like one a lap. Carlos was just making a pass. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous consistency, and it was the same move like- every time. Yeah, it was like watching a Mercedes or a Red Bull come through the field. Yeah, wasn't it? I mean, it was the fact very that impressive. it was the fact that no race engineer of the car in front of him was like he he likes to dive down the inside of twelve. Nobody defended it whatsoever, and he just kept going. So, I mean, uh, it, speaking of overtakes, actually, Yuki's over, uh, Yuki's defense of Hamilton was great for the first mm. seven laps, but Hamilton's overtake. That was pretty tasty. Yeah, he liked the one down into turn. I don't know what turn, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. around the around the outside. Around the outside. The turn three. That, yeah, that was around the outside of three at the start yeah. of the lap. But then he also liked the around the outside of uh, sort of going into the last chicane sort of bit. Mm. Um, but no, that that move around turn three on the outside of Yuki was that. That was that was. That was lush. I like that. And I mean, uh, that's coming from me. And we, we, we know I'm not a Hamilton fanboy. <laughs> but I appreciate good racing. And that, that was very good racing. <laughs> so, but no. Um, yeah, McLaren didn't have a great weekend. 
uh, Danny didn't score any points. Lando finished P7, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he got a couple, but P3 is now slightly slipping out of his grasp with Bottas getting 26. Um, but Ferrari, Ferrari did all right, to be honest. You know, Carlos was always going to start from the back. Um, got into Q2 anyway, which probably didn't help Danny. Um, but then Charles qualified P, well, qualified P4, but was P3 on the grid because Hamilton's penalty. Um, and didn't actually look that bad. They didn't look that far off the pace. Yeah, he stayed with Verstappen, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, led I mean, for a while. Yeah, and I don't know where he would have ended up if they had hit him at the same time. Normal yeah. strategy, but yeah, I mean, it just shows how quickly it can change. Yeah, Probably it goes exactly. differently, won't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't That's... wait for the, the, just the mess there will be. Okay, so Carlos finished eighth and Charles finished fourth. So a double points finish. Um, I mean, Aston Martin took the gamble on dries and that just didn't work. No, I mean, so, especially for someone of Vettel's experience, that was a bit of a strange one, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, but over the radio, he was pretty adamant that it was going to end up at dries at some point, but it just never seemed to happen. And I think that's down to like the sort of the pretty unique characteristics we had at Turkey. It wasn't that hot. Like it was only like 15 degrees air temp. Uh, it was really humid and there was no sun. Like it was just cloud cover. So it wasn't, the, the track just wasn't drying. So I think that surface has something to do with it as well, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see that sort of misstep from Vettel because obviously he's had some part in that call. Uh, um, but then Lance didn't exactly have a fantastic weekend either. I mean, he did all right. Um, but when Lewis was getting past, Lewis was coming through the field. Um, Yuki held him up for like seven laps and then he got past Lance pretty much instantly. Yeah, he did get a couple of points, didn't he? To be fair, which yeah, by the sound of his season is... It's not, it's not terrible, but you yeah. know that that when you're when you're scrapping for stuff, you really want to be capitalizing on things and making a mistake like they did with Vettel is a big a big drop of the proverbial ball uh, from them. Considering you know they've had great strategy calls in the past, or at Monaco Seb got P five due to a good strategy call. And uh, Baku, Seb got P2 because of a good strategy call. You know, it's it's not like them, but I suppose at that point, Seb wasn't in the points anyway, so it was worth a risk to an extent. But I don't know. To go with the medium seemed a bit odd for me. Um, we, got, we got the Hass boys that fought out the back. Mazepin forgot his blue-coloured sunglasses again, so ignored blue flags. Um what a joke. Um, I'm, I'm really tempted to find out what his fan mail address is and sign him up to Specsavers. <laughs> just, just for their giggles. Um, but no, I mean, Mick obviously got spun by Alonso, so that kind of ruined his race there and then, yet still managed to finish in front of Mazepin. Um, other than that, we didn't really see much of them. Uh, the Williams boys 
much the same. We didn't really see them in the race. Alpha, apart from Kimi's leaking water bottle in free practice, uh, that was about all we saw from them, which was hilarious because Kimi just roasted the team for not being able to design a water bottle. <laughs> as, as Kimi put it, the simplest part of the car. Um, Alpine, obviously Alonso got spun and Ocon did the no-stop heroics and snatched the last point. Um, I think that's about it really, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, let's let's move on to our our predictions before we do social media's predictions. Um, so the winner of our social our social our podium prediction championship this week was a tie between Ben and Chris, who each scored three points because they said Verstappen would finish second. Uh, Alex, you got two points because you put Verstappen and Bottas on the podium, but you got their positions wrong. Uh, Nia, you scored one point for putting Verstappen on the podium. I scored two points for having Verstappen and Bottas on the podium, but in the wrong places. And Sonia scored one point for having Verstappen on the podium, which means that Chris is now on 56 points. Nia is on 62. Ben is on 65. Alex is on 69. Nice. Uh, Sonia is on 71. And I am still in the lead, slightly extending my lead to four points with 75 points. Um, bold predictions. Now, here we go. Oh, here we go. Alex, Alex is going to kick up a fuss here. Because <clears throat> Alex said, Valtteri, it's James to be heard during the race. Now we did hear, we did hear Valtteri, it's James, but that came after the checkered flag had fallen. So but I don't count still, that. I don't count that still going in the race. It is the race. They were on track for the race. It was on the they, team. It was on the they, team radio video for the race. They had finished. Nia, does he get the point? Yeah or nay? But I know I'm not going to get it. But... No, because the race had finished. Ben. No, the race for Valtteri was done. Yeah. We're going to get half a point for that. He won the race. All right, I'll give you a half. The race was over. I'll give you a half because it was in in the race broadcast. Yeah. Um, There was no VSC. Sorry, Ben. Um, There was no Aston Martin in the top five. Lol. Sorry, Chris. Uh, Leclerc did somewhat better than ninth, Nia. (laughs) Soz. And uh, there were no team orders to ignore, so Bottas did not ignore team orders. <laughs> so, damn it. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, with half a point, you won. Uh, Mazepin bingo was a tie between Chris and Nia because Nia got the laps right and Chris got the total laps down, right? <laughs> and everyone said he'd finish, so everyone got that one point, so... It was a three-way tie for second. <laughs> um, and then social media, uh, Hamble93 won that one quite quite, quite clearly with seven points, beating everyone else, including all of us, because uh, they said Bottas would finish on pole, uh, Bottas would finish first, and Perez would finish third. So, you know, that's a decent go. Uh Honourable mentions will go to M. Alexander, who got second with four points for putting Bottas on the podium and Verstappen in second. 
And then third place would be Isaac AB with two points because they put Verstappen and Bottas on the podium. Everyone else either scored one or none. What a great week it was. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, in terms of wrapping this up, it was an, an average race, we'll say. In the grand scheme of the sport, it wasn't what we describe as a banger, but it also wasn't a complete waste of time. So I'd quite happily, you know, watch it again in like an extended highlights format, maybe like half an hour long sort of thing, because there was an interesting element of strategy involved with the the weird track surface and the tyres involved. But at the same time, I'd much rather watch Italy 2020 or, well, to an extent, even Italy 2021. Definitely. I'm not biased. I'm just a fan. <clears throat> Definitely biased. Uh, so well, that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at something. Um, I, I, I should have something planned. I probably do have something planned. What did I say? Oh, the calendar changed. Brilliant. Oh, we said favourite race from past seasons. We can do that still. Let's um, talk about Jensen for an hour. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so assuming everyone's going to pick Canada 2011, can we also pick a second favourite race, please? Italy 2021. <laughs> well, that's your assignment for this week. You're going to go and watch the full race, including the entirety of the red flag period. Put aside four hours and one minute of your day. Next Monday, that's my plans. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll discuss we'll discuss our favorite races of seasons gone. Um, and we'll also be putting in our predictions ahead of I want to say ahead of the US Grand Prix is is the week after, right? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of change the amount of the amount of changes on the calendar has like royally fried me at the minute. So the first race I can watch apart from Spa since whichever race was before Silverstone. It's, it's oh, the first, so it's the first it's one I'm at work like for. Flooded again, man. Spa was the first race I could watch while I wasn't working. Everyone ready for a snowstorm in Texas? <laughs> yeah. There was like the, in like 2015 or 16. Yeah, the qualifying got cancelled, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, even earlier this year, I've got a mate that lives out in Austin and there was snow. And she said there were people um, sledding down down the hill back down towards the from turn one back down the start straight i remember which sounds phenomenal when spa was flooded we were talking about that and i I think chris brought up what what would happen if it was snowed and i thought imagine sledging down a rouge that would be absolutely amazing that would be so maybe that's what they should do put snow in the runoff (laughs) yeah that would be spinning galore they should just get the drivers to sledge instead of drive Even Rodan Oj fastest. We'd also have to enforce track limits on that. Nobody's cutting Oj. <laughs> can't have that. Did you see like a couple of years ago there was fans getting their like sponsor boards on the side and just sliding down the pit uh, yeah, the pit lane. Yeah, that's the endurance pit lane exit. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah, that looks so much fun. Yeah, so we'll bring that to you uh next week. Um hopefully. 
we'll be up to a full, if not slightly fuller quota. I, I, um, yeah, hopefully, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs> so until next time, thank you for watching slash listening. Uh, give us a follow in all the, the usual jargon uh, and see you next time where hopefully I sound more like a human. Bye.